0: Hello and welcome once again to the How Long to Speak podcast. Uh, You're listening to the dulcet tones of I, Rick, and I'm joined as always by Alex, occupier of Kitchen. Yes. And Paola, habit of internet.
1: Hello. My internet is fine. Thank you.
0: We were a little bit worried coming in, but it's all good. We're all here and ready to go. We've got lots of completions to talk about this week before we talk about what we've retired and have been playing. Um, we're going to do a wee shout-out for this month's Game of the Month from mm-hmm. the forums, and um, we're going to lead that into a topic about sort of quintessentially, is it 6th Gen, like PS3 and Xbox? Yeah. yeah. If it's not, I will fix it in post, but quintessentially 6th Gen games um, and what that means to us and, and what kind of memories that evokes. I hear well, then... Paola and
2: I looking up to see if this
0: is right. <laughs> All the clicks that hopefully work for the actual recording. Seventh gen. Seventh gen. gen. There Sixth we go. gen
2: was the was like the PlayStation 2 and the GameCube and
0: the original Xbox. Yeah, seventh gen, that's what I said. Yes, that's what you said. <laughs> <laughs> and we'll finish off as always with everyone's favorite. How, how, long, long, to to how long to beat how long to beat the game. The game trust is completely gone. You just didn't dare go for that. <laughs> I, I almost I forgot on. that you do that. <laughs> oh man what you didn't forget to do alex is play a shit ton of games so without further ado let's jump straight into it i've got a a segue just go for it
2: no yeah so for context this is like i have like a a two-week vacation block basically so i've been just i've been playing a lot of games and like it's been there's there's not like i'm also in a new town right now because i moved my fiance has like a residency in a different town um and so we kind of moved here I've been here a few days now and it's just, there's nothing to do but play some games. <laughs> um, I beat Picross S2. Um, I, There's nothing to talk about is it, Picross. I also beat like S5 and S3's like color Picross thing, which is now my favorite mode of Picross. I just, because you see it, you actually see the image as you're making it, you know, like in Picross, you, sometimes you kind of, you're like, oh, maybe this is what it is. But in the color one, you really genuinely are like, oh, I know what this is. And, I just want them to make a Picross that is just all color Picross and I will be so fucking in. Like, give me it, give me it. But I think it's a lot harder to make so I feel like they're just like, no, 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 no. We'll make a couple for each one and that's it. (laughs) Um,
0: (laughs) Yeah, it's got to be more awkward to organize without a shadow of a doubt.
2: Yeah, right. Um, Yep.
0: And also, anyway, it's
2: just, it's a lot more work. Um, I beat Life is Strange True, Life is Strange true colors on uh xbox i technically played it through game pass though i own the game because like i got it for free through a GameStop thing anyways whatever um i really so like i really like this i like life is strange quite a bit i've played the first one i never played the second one which i hear is good um i have the prequel but i haven't played that one either though apparently one of the characters in this is in the prequel um and i would say one it's beautiful Alex Chen is a fantastic protagonist. Um, The town is really wonderful. What's (sighs) this game is interesting for me because what I actually loved the most was kind of the small town, quaint um, sort of everyday life encounters that you experience throughout it. To me, were actually the most enjoyable because to give some context, Alex has this power of like empathy. Essentially, she can feel and like sense and read other people's emotions but it also affects her like she feels them herself it's actually kind of like there's this um this book that i i read recently that it's gonna completely leave my head now um oh god oh god hold on i'm getting it i'm getting it it's by chuck wendig yes okay here we go i went through like a very 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 um random way of finding
0: this Come on, what is it? This is the magic of podcasting.
2: Come on. No, maybe it's not him. Maybe it's someone else. Oh, God. God damn it. Oh, no. Well.
0: Much content. So riveting. Yeah, no. What is his other book? (laughs) Shit.
2: (laughs) Now I want to find this out. God damn it. You're all going to like it when you actually. (laughs)
3: Um,
2: It's going to be worth it. I swear. I swear it'll be worth it. It's actually a really good book. Uh, the book of accidents. That's it. Okay. The book of accidents. So in this this book, it's it's very Stephen King ask. Uh, it's this horror movie about like this family that moves back to this house that's got some weird dark past. But the son is able to kind of like take people's pain, um, mm-hmm. and so Alex's and like um, powers are like really similar to this, um, and it makes for really interesting gameplay because you can like read people's thoughts, which are really just reading their feelings, right, and then. Um, sometimes if someone gets into too intensive an emotional state, it's going to really intensely impact her. And then also at times, she can actually like see how other people are seeing the world, which is really neat, right? Like it's like, oh, okay, now I see how you're feeling about the world. So you can do some like puzzle solving through that. Now, like all Life is Strange games, it has a lot of choices. And this is actually where I think it's hard because I know that this game I feel like they're like, okay, we have to have an overarching story that feels meaningful, is kind of mysterious, because that's what Life is Strange is like now. Um, And so we need something big for the character to get swept up in that can have kind of meaningful impacts in the end. But it's actually the weakest part of the game because this larger story is fine. It's totally fine. It's just that I actually think their writing is so, so strong. Um, in just like everyday interactions that those are the most fun. Like there's like this one moment in it where you do like a LARP for this kid and it is really fucking fun. And the stakes are fairly high. There's a reason why you're doing it. Um, But they're not that high, right? Like it's really just, we're trying to do this nice thing for this kid. And mm. it's like the, for me, it's the most memorable part of the whole thing. And I'm like, man, I would love if there were like this Life is Strange game was more focused on just like The life of somebody, right, and like making these choices about their life and just slowly um, impacting their life a little bit along the way. It also leans like a little too intensely into like the romance options. Like they feel like they're really forefronted, and I do appreciate that they give you a choice. Um, There's like the dude that you can romance, or there's the girl you can romance. And frankly, the girl is way more interesting than the than the guy option. And she's actually one from a previous game, so I'd be kind of surprised. I feel like. I think a lot of players are likely going to go for the female option in this one because it's also really sweet and just like makes sense. But um, anyway, like I thought it was a sweet romance. I really, I thought it was very well done. But if you're someone who like, like, you know, if you're aromantic or if that's not really what you're interested in, I think there's some options, but realistically, they they kind of like, they they, they nudge you pretty hard into making those choices, um, But you know, it's fine. But I, I, I don't feel like it needed to have such a huge impact on the story itself. Um, so, like, I, I really, really recommend playing this game because it is only like maybe like eight or nine hours, something like that. Like, it's not very long. Um, it's five chapters like they usually do, but it's all together. Um, you can spend longer if you decide to explore a little bit more around the area. Um, there's a lot of little things that you can miss. I missed a ton of stuff. Like I would get to the end where they show you like the stats of like who did what and I was like, oh shit, you could do that? I didn't know that. <laughs> um but they do this thing at the end a little bit where like if you don't do enough for certain characters, there's like a thing that they won't do for you in the end, and you're kinda like, well now it just feels like you've gamified relationships within the town a little bit, right? Instead of simulating what it's like to just build and develop relationships with people. Um and I get it. That's like, when I this critique is the, the problem is that like, I feel like I know why they did this, because I feel like they're thinking it almost, it feels a bit like they developed this game, knowing ahead of time that they're like, if we just make this a fun experience where you're helping and you're dealing with the emotions of these people within a town and, and dealing with because there's like a pretty intense thing that happens in the first chapter, that's very good. Um then people will complain not enough happens, right? They'll be like, nothing happens in this game, Ooh, right? Um, and then I also feel like they're like, but if we go too hard into that, then it's just like, oh, it's just this contrived plot. And in the end, I feel like it, it ends up not having as much of an identity as it could have had. Um, and it feels, a, l- like it feels a, little, a little cowardly, to be honest. Like, like they were like, we didn't quite want to just make a game about vibes, you know, <laughs> and like, we had to give it some real driving narrative, instead of just being about the vibes, man, because the vibes in this game are fucking great. Like, it's really, really, really serene and wonderful. Um, and not that I'm saying I don't want anything to happen. Like, I think that the driving catalyst at the start is great. But the mystery element to me was like, we don't need this. We don't actually need it. Like you've given me enough of enough of stakes of like, literally this young woman who's been in foster care her whole life who can't um like who has never fit in anywhere has never been adopted and has this chance to come to this new town with her like long lost brother um and make a life for herself i'm like those are huge stakes on their own i'm like this is like more than enough i'm like that's all i need i don't need a mystery i like i just want to like help this young woman <laughs> figure out her life you know um so i don't know but maybe that's just me right like again not every game is just going to be made for me but i wish it was <laughs>
0: it's also probably a massive team massive marketing consideration because a big game like that or a bigish budget game like that like there's got to be a big thing to yeah to it's solve. fucking Square can, Enix. <laughs> probably yeah, like, probably
1: there's like a trend that has been going on also in the in the atomic community where it, it also happens like you have these uh, premise of a game and sometimes they the developers feel like they have to add like a very strong plot or a mystery to yeah. cater to a wider audience. And I think that is a lead in the sense of, well, you, you want your game to make money, but where do you tra- draw the line between having like something that can be truly special or like different to everything else or mm. just going for what's surefire.
0: It's just so excited, yeah. like, Animal Crossing's vibes the video game, and that's all <gasps> gangless. Yeah. Right? What do we mean?
2: Yeah, well, no, exactly. That's why I think, because, like, yeah, and then and then it, it just begs comparison to the earlier <laughs> games and stuff, too, because, like, frankly, there's no reason this needs to be called Life is Strange. It is because of marketing purposes, right? Like, and that, I totally yeah. understand that. It's fine. Brand recognition, yeah. Yeah. Um but it's just disappointing because like I feel like there is like a like a ten out of ten game in here, and instead it's like a eight point five or nine, you know, which is still amazing. <laughs> it's just, it just you're like ah fuck, you were so close, so close. The to painful eight, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, for sure. Yeah, exactly, right? Where it's like, man, if you just made a little change, this would be like fucking swinging for the fences out there. Um. Anyway, that's that's a uh, that's life is strange two colors. It's on Game Pass, so like really play it. That's what I'll say. (laughs) Everyone should play it. Um, I also played Spookware, which is actually currently in, there's a donation, uh, like um, H.I.O. has a, uh, um, you know, like one of those fundraiser bundles um, for reproductive rights um, in the U.S. Mm because we don't know what's going on down there. Um, And it's in there. And I highly recommend, make a nice donation and get yourself a sick game because this game is really fucking good. It's um, part one of it's questionable if any more is going to be made. Like, I don't... The developer, I think, has been pretty fucking quiet. Like, I think they even released something else, maybe, after this. So, like, it says that it's to be continued, but, like, I'm not sure if it really will be. Maybe it will. Who knows? It's game development, right? Fucking knows. Um, But Spookware is WarioWare, but with skeletons and a story. And it is really, really fun. It's quite funny. Um, It's kind of this, like, 2D... 3D-ish thing. It's like Paper Mario, actually. That's what it looks like. It looks like Paper Mario meets WarioWare. So you do these like micro games um, And there's like three chapters And in each chapter you have like little quests and they're they're different Um, and you're like you're in the skeleton world and the first one you're trying to go to school because you never went to high school and you decide you're gonna go and you show up on the last day of school. So (laughs) They think you're graduating. It's very silly um and you have to like help with the graduation ceremony and so there's all these little um micro games that get involved in that and uh yeah I don't want to say too much about this game actually because it's not very long it's like three hours long um and which actually I have to say though even though it's just considered the first part of what I think is four parts that are planned it's three hours long which is already longer than the new WarioWare games. <laughs> so like I, it's pretty worth it and like even if you don't get it in this like donation bundle it's like routinely a couple dollars like i picked it up for a few bucks and i feel like i it is also
0: hmm. it is also in the ukraine bundle oh well there you go oh, i'm i'm downloading it as we speak because i went to look at the page and it was like you own this and i was like oh i own this you're like oh sick
2: there you go see literally yeah there's <laughs> a good good chance that most of you own this game if you game on pc at this point <laughs>
0: If you believe in buying games to support a good cause, you probably have it. Exactly. Shit, I probably had it already. <laughs>
2: <laughs> it's not reproductive rights. So why did I do this? <laughs> well, I didn't even buy it through that one because I-, I bought it before I saw that bundle. So I- that's how, I- and then oh. I-, I bought that bundle anyway because I was, you know. Support anyhow sure. but i likely had it in another bundle <laughs> just didn't know there's so many games i've done that for and at this point i'm like for indie games i'm like ah whatever let's give more money to the indie devs <laughs> mm. um if i couldn't be bothered to check then i deserve it <laughs> I yeah absolutely yeah. um so spookware really good really solid uh, a few little little things like there are some moments where i was like oh, okay let's go but overall very good um The room for old sins. So I've completed the room now. I've done them all. I really liked this one. It was it. It kind of goes back to its roots a little bit. It's a lot less. um, It's still. I would say it's still very experimental, but in a different sense, right? The third one had all those endings, which I think they realized they were like, that's not the strength of our game. (laughs) They're like, let's not do that. So in this one, instead, you have this like dollhouse that you can like rotate all around and you like open new rooms and then you'll like you can like go into them with your eyepiece and you enter into a room but then all the rooms have like puzzles that connect to each other and then eventually there's like a certain thing in each room that you need to get that like closes that room off to say like you've completed it and it's really fun and like really um kind of exciting actually because like as you're doing it you're like oh a new part's opened I wonder what it is right as you like go through and like find all the different items and so I really dug this one it's like it's weird because it felt like the easiest of them, but I can't tell if it's actually easy or if I'm just good at these games now. <laughs> so, yeah. you know what I mean? Like, I'm like, is it easy? Because the first room that I played, I remember being like, "The fuck do I do?" A bunch of the times, but I also think that's because I didn't really know how the room worked. You know, like, like I don't know, Paolo, because you, you've played a lot of these games, right? And like they have kind of a, a vibe to them, right? Like w- w- in terms of their puzzles.
1: So in the end, they all have like the same kind of loop when it comes to solving these puzzles. And mm-hmm. once you see seen them once, you kind of like already know where the puzzle is going, especially mm-hmm. like it really... Ha- it- happens to me between the room 2 and the room 3 because i play them like back to back and i do remember like at one specific point i was like in the room 3 and i was like hey i've seen this puzzle before like this exact thing but with a different scheme before so yeah Yeah. they have this very specific way to solving them that is like yeah this is the room
2: yeah, you're like, this is the room. And like, to be fair, they do that thing super well, right? Like, it's very, um, it's one of the few puzzle games I've played that like, I, I genuinely feel like, I feel very clever as I'm going through it, um, which is really hard to do in a puzzle game, right? Like, it's so much easier to make you feel like, the fuck, what am I supposed ah, right? Like, that feeling to me has happened way more in puzzle games, but this is one of those ones where I'm like, hmm. I'm fucking up. And their hint system is so excellent. I find that as well. Like usually their hint system it's it's like, I don't know how they do it. Like they must play test so well, because it feels like every time I need a hint, they know exactly just enough of what to say for me to go. That's what I need. Thank you. And it's never like, too intense. It's just like, have you looked over there? And you're like, oh right (laughs) I forgot about that thing and then you go over and you're like I know what to do now I'm good um and so I really appreciate their hint system because I never have to look up a guide ever like it's there you know like it's just in the game itself which to me is so nice because actually um speaking of fucking guides uh Shantae Risky's Revenge Director's Cut oh my god what a fucking obtuse game like I'm sorry, this is peak DSiWare. <laughs> like,
0: I was about to ask, is this the DSiWare one? Because yeah. the map design is no bueno. I played oh. it a little bit a while back. There's loads of random doors, and the map system's not great, if I remember correctly. And it's it just is just so thing. hard
2: to know where the fuck you are in this game.
0: Like, I, like I'm,
2: I'm not sure Shantae is good. Like, I, I, It's overrated. Hot Take It is massively yeah. overrated. Now, I have heard Pirate's Curse is good. Which I think it maybe might be the only one that's like actually like I I think it's a decent series at best, you know. Um, The first Game Boy Color one is not good because they tried to make a complex platformer Metroidvania on on the the fucking Game Boy
0: Color, which I'm like I love the Game Boy Color, don't get me wrong, but that's not what the Game Boy Color was fucking made for. People Um, have a nostalgia for it because it came out so late and like people played it on the GBA where it was like margin One of those unique games where it had GBA specific features. Yeah. And there was like this this um uh, mythologizing factor to it because there weren't that many copies printed. Yeah. I have to think TMS
2: because TMS did put me in the right headspace because like he told me before I started, he's like, it's not as good. I was like, okay, good. Um so I kind <laughs> I kind of knew what I was getting into, you know what I mean? Like I was like, it's not yeah, gonna be yeah. great, but man, I had to use a fucking guide because I was like, Where am I supposed to go? What do I need? And backtracking sucks because all the monsters are back and it's a lot of backtracking and the teleports yep. are in really bad places. Why isn't there a teleport in the fucking city? They're outside of it every time. And you're like, why, mm-hmm. why would you do that? Why would you do that? Like, <laughs> put one in the fucking town you have to go back to all the time.
0: Blah! Why would you going to teleport there?
2: I know, right? Like, holy hell. Anyway, um, it's... It sh- <laughs> Should have stayed on the DSi, <laughs> you know, what I mean? like it kind of <laughs> that's where it was meant to be, and that's where it was meant to die. <laughs> so, anyway, it's fine. I beat it in like five hours, maybe, maybe less than that. Actually, I don't even know. Like, it's not very long, which is which is actually why I give it a pass. I think I gave it a six. It's for me, it, it gets a. it's a six, maybe a five, fifth five, five, but like a six. I feel generous. A six, some people like, look give or take how you feel about it. I think the hair combat is still fun. It's kind of Castlevania whippy-ish a little bit, but it really goes, it just goes in one direction, right? And and that's fine. And the power-ups you get, they're neat enough. The spell stuff that you have, like, that's kind of fun. But ultimately you end up having one where it's like a spiky ball that roll, goes around you and that's what you fucking use because it's like, it's like a buffer ball. Um. Anyway, I am interested in playing the Pirate's Curse one because that one was free, I think, on, uh, Epic or Gog? Gog? Someone okay. gave it away recently. I don't fucking know. Okay. All the PC, you know, they just give games are given away left, right, and center these days. You know, <laughs> just like what a time to be alive. <laughs> um, so anyway, I can't recommend Risky's Revenge at all. Um, <laughs> on, to another game I can't night. recommend. Uh, Buddy Simulator 1984. Ugh. Okay. If I play another fucking game that played Undertale and said, I can't do that, I'm gonna blow my fucking brains out. I am just sick and fucking tired of games that are like meta-textual and have zero things to say. Like this is one of those meta games that's supposed to be a horror game, but all, okay. This is a boring RPG disguised as a metatextual adventure. That's all this is. That is all this is. It is just a very bare bones, lackluster RPG experience in ooh, I'm a kaputa program. That's what's going on and I hated it. I hated it so much. I think I was too generous when I rated this game actually because now that I think about it more, I really don't like this game. And there's a lot of reviews oh. on Now to Beat that are like, oh I love this. And look, if you like this, you're an idiot, but no, I'm kidding. You're not. That, that's that's oh. you're not. I'm just joking. You're not an idiot. I'm glad you like the game. I'm really happy for you, but I hate it. I don't like it. I
0: don't like it. Got a pretty high rating. Yeah. It's 7.7 on the, on the HLTV. Which is site. baloney. Um, <laughs> no, here's the thing. I mean, I, I have it on my list. I thought it was like a Pony Island desk thing.
2: It but. is kind of, but it's just not as good. So here's what I'm going to say. Um, let me put it this way. I'm being hyperbolic. Um, I think overall, I can understand why people do like this game. I, I can understand why some people like it, because it's dressed up as this kind of like you have an AI computer program that you're playing with. Okay. But it's really boring. Like you just kind of walk around, and he creates like an adventure for you. And you just kind of go on this adventure and there are like a lot of little secrets and things you can find, but like the characters within the game are very bland. They're very, they're literally two dimensional (laughs) for most of the game, actually the whole game. Um, But it's just not like, it's hard for me to explain this without getting into spoiler territory, but it's just not very compelling. And like, you know, the thing with games, like, and I haven't played Pony Island, so I don't know, maybe, maybe I'll feel the same about this. But the things with like the hex or like inscription and whatnot, um, those games are metatextual, but they're metatextual in the sense that they're commenting on the medium of video games, right? They're mm-hmm. very much commenting on this, on like what the medium of video games is and our relationship to video games, and um imagining these kind of um fantastical worlds within video games, right? And they have very they have stories to them, you know, like I think of the hex, it has a very clear story within it um, about a game developer, right? And then you're exploring that through all of these kind of tropes. And it's actually quite fun to play as well. um, Because it switches up all the time, the different mechanics that you're using, right? Like you play a bunch of different games. Inscription as well is just I mean, that one's like, phenomenal. And it's a little unfair to compare it to it. Because uh, I, I think that game is kind of undertale in a way, actually, where I think we're going to see a lot of games that try to clone inscription in the future, um, because it's of that kind of caliber. Um, but again, they all have something to really say about the medium of video games, and they justify their metatextuality. And sorry, I'm throwing around the word metatext a lot here. Um, but just to like be clear, because I know this, this isn't necessarily um, a word that we hear all the time. But it's basically a discourse in which um, a text is like making a commentary on itself, right? Like it's it's essentially drawing reference to itself as a work of art. Um, and, and kind of, we, you might have heard the word breaking the fourth wall, right? That's kind of the concept. Like it talks directly to you or it tries to um, remove the artifice of what it is. Which is what Undertale did, right? Like Undertale is a commentary, a meta text on RPGs, and on the concepts and the, and the ideas within them. And it did that very well. But in this game, its thrust is friendship, but it has nothing to say about friendship. And it ultimately falls very hollow, because the experience just feels as you're playing it, you're like, yeah, I get it. This is just something some dude programmed, Right. Like it doesn't actually feel as though you're really engaging with this thing. You can't remove a bit of your disbelief because it's so transparent in what it is. And it's also very uninteresting. Like, you know that as you're playing, you're like, oh my God, I just have to like move over here and get to the next like invisible marker that continues the story on. You know what I mean? Like you feel Hmm. like you're just kind of pushing this experience along that's meant to make you feel something, but ultimately doesn't. And it takes what should probably be a two hour experience and drags it out into like six or seven. Um, There's a lot of walking in this that's kind of useless. So again, I I do think your experience is going to vary with this. Like I think some people will enter it and it might actually resonate with them quite a bit. I think if I were younger, this would have resonated with me a little more. I'm a little jaded and old now. and so. I I, Maybe I'm seeing the artifice a little bit more, but you know what I mean, right? Like, I'm not not trying to say like, oh, this is for youngins, but you know what I mean, right? Like, I feel like when I was younger, for instance, there are some games that as I look at it now, I go, oh, that wasn't actually that sophisticated storytelling, but I had less experience with storytelling mediums and I hadn't maybe experienced this yet. And actually, maybe sure. that's the main problem, right? Is that I've experienced this t- what this is trying to do in much better forms already, you know? Um, which makes it difficult to go to. So there, that's that's really what it is for me. Like, I, again, if you liked it, I'm, I'm genuinely happy for you because I don't like to have bad experiences <laughs> with games. But I want to give this warning because if any of what I'm saying resonates with you, I would maybe give this a pass or just try out a little bit of it first and see if it's, like, uh, But if you're feeling those signs of, like, I don't know, bounce out. This is a, hey, another one of the Alex's, try it, but don't finish it. <laughs> <laughs> For a second not... there,
1: when you were saying when I was younger, I thought you were going to go, like, when I was younger, or when I was your age, games were blah, 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 blah. <laughs> <I> came <laughs> no. on <'cause> that's <laughs> Lord,
2: no. When I was young, games were... Not better. They were just different.
1: (laughs) Yeah, that is true. Actually,
2: we'll talk about that later. (laughs) Mm. I don't know. Do have either
0: of you like touched this one? I think Rick, you said
3: you had like it, yeah. It
0: it was on my wish list, but like the message of don't try and watch ants if you already watched and enjoyed a bug's life is kind of like cutting through to you. I'm not sure that it's the one that would move the needle for me.
2: Yeah. That's the thing. That's that's really what it is. It's trying to be psychological horror, and it's not scary. <laughs> um, anyway, I'm done. Someone else take it away. Rick,
0: what you got? I've completed nearly as many games, although not nearly mm-hmm. as much gameplay because they're mostly quite short. Mm. <coughs> Sorry, who's ever did, whoever's editing this one. Ooh, I um,
1: think that it's me. That is you.
0: <laughs> Yay. First one I beat is Metroid Dread, and obviously I've been plugging away at this for a little while. God, I want to love this game so much more than I do. Like, the, mm. the core of this game is really quite brilliant, but there's lots of things pulling away at it. So the level design is the single biggest one. Um, it really doesn't feel like the world writ large is, like, put together well. It doesn't feel cohesive, doesn't feel proper. Um, two things that bleed into that, the story's kind of bollocks to the extent that a Metroid game needs to have a story. Um, And the Emmys, I've sort of gone on about them a little bit, but I do think they're mishandled. I think it's a strong concept done poorly. I think they they don't hold the leash nearly tight enough on that concept to make it do uh, what they wanted to do or what Mm -hmm. SAX did in previous Metroids. Um, Also, and this is kind of a smallish niggle, but um, there's no option to have movement on the D-pad. Movement yeah. is locked to the left analog stick. Now, generally speaking, that's not a big deal. But if you want to try and do shine sparking and, and some of the, the platforming, challenging things, um, having analog input does make those a little bit trickier to pull off. I probably should shout out the map system. The map system, they do really, really well. That was something yeah. I liked a lot about this one. Um, and if you're the kind of person who's liked any of the previous Metroid games, you are still going to get a lot out of this. But I think there are a lot of people who maybe heaped too much praise on this because they knew they hadn't had a proper Metroid game since 2004. And it just isn't as good as maybe we all wanted it to be. So it's kind of a tricky one. Do I recommend it? Kind of. But it is one of those like Metroidvania 8s where if you've got a real affinity for Metroid specifically as a franchise which I'd say I do, like that you'll probably get a bit more out of it and it's probably worth playing. Mm -hmm. And I'm certainly happy I played it. I enjoyed my time playing it. Um, But there are far better, numerous better, really we should say, Metroidvanias out there. And so it's a difficult sell if you're not already a Metroid fan. Um, It's kind of the buddy simulator
2: thing, right? Like, it's like, there's just better in this genre where it's like, although I would say... Metroid's
0: better than Buddy Simulator, but anyway. <laughs> it, it's also saying like, Buddy Simulator is its own standalone thing. Like, this is technically a continuation of the Metroid story. True. And minus stoiler, I did really like the way they brought the X-Parasites back in yeah. and they continued that setup and the way that the world changed around you. While I didn't like the level design, the world building I did like and the way that different biomes change as different story events occur, um, I thought it was a really smart integration of the narrative into the gameplay. Um, so again, there's lots to like. Samus feels incredible to control. The shooting's great. Yeah. Um, they didn't lean too much on old boss designs, which was nice. Like, obviously, Kraid, um made a reappearance, but otherwise, it's all new stuff, and the boss battles are really, really good. That final yeah. boss, excellent. Really, mm-hmm. really, truly well done. Probably one of the best bosses I've played in any Metroidvanias, and a real sort of test of your metal and all the powers you've built up to that point as I said at the drop, there's just quite a few things that, that drag it down a little bit. But they, yeah. there are real moments of excellence in this. And there's certain things that they got spot on. And I would like to see Mercury Steam have another crack at this soon um, and hopefully learn from the mistakes they've made with this one. As I think in a lot of respects they did with the mistakes that they'd made in Samus Returns. Yeah, like I, I really enjoyed that one the, the 3DS outing that they did that was a remake of Metroid 2 and I do think that with the newer hardware and also with the experience of that first Metroid they did develop what they were doing and improve what they were doing like the melee counter system one is much less um, of a focal point and two is much more uh, nuanced it, it felt like a real um, what's the word I'm looking for like golden bullet in mm. samus returns in this one like enemies will bait you out they'll like trick you into throwing it early um the timing is a little bit more stringent on it it feels like a tool in your arsenal it doesn't feel like the tool in your mm. arsenal and i think that's a really cool development they introduced the slide um pre-morph ball that opens up some stuff it's really useful in combat as well because you can activate it much more quickly than a morph ball for a life like agile character like samus that feels really really appropriate uh there's lots of things they did right and i don't want to take away too much from that it's just not as good as it could and should have been ultimately don't be dope
2: and i don't i don't think
0: it's out of the realm of possibility
2: but if they did like a zero mission or a, and like fusion like remake in their new engine I would
0: fucking love that. I would, I would love it really so much. Loved. Imagine if they I would bundled love
2: those. Season I mean,
0: they probably wouldn't. They'd release them separate. But, like, if they bundled those, No, no, no they, they wouldn't release them separately. Like, yeah. the second part, you'd need to have an amiibo to activate. Exactly. <laughs>
2: like, but really, oh, though. I hate the future that I'm envisioning right because now. Because they did Samus Returns, right? So, like.
3: Same.
0: That had amiibo functionality. <laughs> is the worst part. I saw a used game store
2: for $75. I was like, go fuck yourself. (laughs) Do
0: you know what? Old Metroid's go massively up and bright. They didn't make much... Because it was end of like 3DS lifespan as well. That came out quite late. Um, It was like 2014, 2015.
2: It's true. Dread did so well though that I have a strong feeling Mercury Steam is in a good position to be making more Metroid stuff. Like, this is the best-selling Metroid, right? And I mean, they put a shit ton into the marketing, but it sold very well from what I understand.
0: Yeah. 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 It, it did really, really well. Um, I would like to see them have another crack at it. Like I say, um,
2: it helps that the OLED came out at the same time too, right? Like it was like, that was a, that was a pretty
0: smart move. <laughs> and I bet it looks phenomenal. Yeah. on OLED. Like it looked great on, on the switch Lite, which is what yeah. I've been playing. With. Um, in terms of continuation of game series is another game I beat was the, the outstanding daddish three, uh, <laughs> This is the best dadish yet, and for anyone who doesn't know what dadish is, yes. first of all, what rock have you been living under? <laughs> Second of all, it's on the it's on the tin. He's a dad. He's also a radish. Like, mm-hmm. come on. Um, honestly, really, really good. Like the most level variety of any of the Daddish games. Um, a little bit more variety in terms of level design. It feels like it's a bit tighter as well. There's some new animations in there. Um, there is a dolphin called the dolphin. The dolphin. There's two jokes that I just have to shout out because they're so. So perfect. The first one, uh, the core conceit is at the end of each level is one of your radish children, and you have a little bit of a back and forth repartee with them. And at the end of one of the levels, the radish boy's got a little hard hat on, and he says, Dad, I've just finished university. I'm a mechanic now. And it's like, Oh, thank God, people can't say we've got no new mechanics. I <laughs> think oh, that like, took Why? a second, but
2: once I got it, that was pretty good. <laughs> <laughs> the
0: kid's like, Well, he's like, Don't worry about it. And then the first time you meet the dolphin, the dolphin um rad is like hi the dolphin he's like no 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 no, no. It's, you've got to say the full thing it's the dolphin the dolphin he's like oh like an echo he says no that's a different dolphin <laughs> solid i i laughed out Beautiful. loud the train when i came on that you're bit. gonna like Squidware uh, because that's very similar humor <laughs> it's the writing is just top-notch it's a lovely package um relatively cheap for what it is often goes on sale um i would imagine if it's anything like the first two You can get it on mobile and it's free to play. I think it is nice on Switch having like physical controls, but it plays perfectly well on mobile. I played the first two that way. Um, It's great. It's more dad-ish. Yeah. Go play dad-ish. One and two (laughs) and three. Um, I wanted to mention it quickly. Obviously, we spoke to Cecile Richard. um, For you listening at home, the previous episode last week, wonderful Mm -hmm. guest. She was brilliant. Um, Mm -hmm. I hadn't yet played her most recent game, Cycle. I did that in preparation for that podcast. Um, it's a little bit more pared back mechanically um, than some of her previous work. It's more like... Um, more visual novel Yeah, very much so. Very much so. But the story it tells is really good. Very... Um, what's the word I'm looking for? Um, assured in its storytelling. And with this really awesome, like, dithered um, art backing it up. Real nice. It's free. Go check it out. Um, in the last episode, we'll have links. If not, like, do you
2: know what it makes me think them? of? It's like a text Black Iris a little bit, like you know the vibes in Black Iris. Remember that game, yeah. PS One thing,
0: yeah, yeah. The kind of thing for sure. Exactly. Um, yeah. It's great. I liked it a lot. It's nice mm-hmm. and short. Go check it out. Another nice and short game which I did not like one bit uh, <laughs> is the remake of Panzer Dragoon for Switch. <laughs> I've oh, heard it's I ass. mean, the, re- the remake is reasonable. Like they, they, they've made some nice art for it, the core game fucking sucks. (laughs) Oh my god. So the the conceit of this is it's an on-rail shooter where you have more than one field of view in which to look. So you can you can look in like four quadrants of your view. You can only really move your character in the main field of view. So if you're looking in any of the other three directions, you are a sitting fucking duck You can't really see your character in relation to anything else. Your vision is constantly obscured. It's asking you, in essence, to watch the mini-map as opposed to what's on screen, which defeats the point of an Unreal shooter. The idea of an Unreal shooter is that you've got a really nice visual that you can focus and, like, nail because you've got a fixed perspective. And they threw that out the window. There is no story, or at least there wasn't as far as I can tell. Uh, The shooting doesn't feel good. The reticule has, like, four different reticules, none of which feel accurate. The only thing I finished the game. Uh, I wouldn't if it if it was any more than an hour in length, which is what it is. Okay. <laughs> that okay. makes sense. <laughs> uh, they would like you to replay it and get higher scores and like kill all the enemies and do other things, but no. The the only thing that made me feel a bit better about it is I paid two pounds. Like I got oh, a really okay. deep deep discount. No, but I can't get the time back. Like the price <laughs> is one thing. I can't get the time back. Avoid like the plague, unless you've got nostalgia, in which case, whatever. Um, The last game I played, and I I do feel like I'm cheating a little bit putting this one on here, um, is uh, a prologue for a game called Not for Broadcast. This is like an, an FMV TV station controller simulator. So you are thrust into the role of the person who sees all the monitors. On a tv news program and you have to like um bleep out swear words arrange which camera point is focused on at any given time um slide ad breaks in and out there's this weird interference thing that they have you doing story wise seems really really cool very very british very um informed to some extent it seems by recent political events i'm just not an fmv game guy and that that i think is ultimately going to be the killer it is an FMV game um, through and through. And if that's okay with you, the story from what little the prologue gives you seems really phenomenally strong. Um, I'm just not willing to play a game like that. It doesn't move the needle for me. Um, haven't looked yet. I wonder if there's going to be some kind of like movie version up online. I know that's really naughty of me, but uh, the mechanics just don't speak to me. I think if they do speak to you, one this game looks phenomenal, and two, the devs have been really smart, giving you like a prologue to try before you buy, sort of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, so Not for me, but by no means a bad product, and it's been in early access for a little while. It's 1.0 now. It looks like they've put a lot of work into it, and it does seem really, really polished. It's just not my jam, unfortunately. Um, but yeah, so that, that's that. Uh, that's all of my games. I would love, Paola, to talk about your completion of the successful run you did since we spoke yeah about my one and
1: our... only <laughs> completion this week
0: well you're an exam uh, i wish i
1: had more time but <laughs> exams are killing mm-hmm. me anyway i finished dungeon of the endless i also got the three trophies like one uh for just completing the game one the second one for completing the game in co-op and the third one for completing the game with, I think it was uh, an officer, a uh, criminal, and I don't remember what else. But we got that just by pure luck. <laughs> but I played this this one round with my boyfriend because he was, uh, I nudged him to buy the game on Steam because it was on a very deep, deep discount and... I said, hey, let's let's play this because he wanted to try and learn how to play it. So I told him, hey, don't play this alone, or like let at uh, the very least let me tell you like what all these things do because the game doesn't tell you shit. <laughs> and we have a very good time. Like this game in multiplayer, I feel that it really shines. Like the mm. base game, like um just by yourself it's still a fun experience it's still a complete experience but oh my god the multiplayer makes everything like so much more fun and also manageable especially Mm -hmm. when you have like the four uh, characters at your disposal Mm -hmm. so each of us got to control two characters and then like micromanage everything and one thing that i didn't know is that your um the resource your resources. resources resources, have not I mean, shared. Like, you each have your own pile of uh, stuff that you can use mm. instead of having like just one pile and taking from oh. there. And I and I we realized that after he was like, hey, I level up my character and I see the resources and the like the food was just like I left it. Oh, and it was like, oh, it seems we can exploit this, and we did. But I don't know what happens when other person builds like um one of the, like the the modules that give you um food or science or whatever. It seems that you get less if other person builds it than what you would get by building it yourself. So I think that's how the game balances things. Interesting. Okay. Still, the game got very, very hard at the the higher floors. Mm -hmm. We actually got one of these little monsters that likes to knock the doors. Uh So we have to get rid of it before we got another wave of enemies. But we didn't get the big guy, like the one that ended my last run. So I think what enemies, like what, I guess, big, dangerous enemies you get are also randomized.
2: RNGesus blessed you.
1: (laughs) RNGesus blessed us. Oh, my God. Yeah, it was a lot of fun. I would totally recommend if you have any friends to play it with, to play with your friends because, oh, my God, this game is amazing.
2: Nice. We'll have to do a co-op run then. We have
0: to try that out. Yep. <clears throat> Full right. party. Speaking of Jesus, that is a wonderful segue to retirement, specifically <laughs> my one retirement. Um, a little game called Yumeiri. It's like um, a Japanese indie that got translated, recently imported um, to PC and Switch. I, there's something addictive about it, but also like you are entirely beholden to dice rolls away from the screen. I just couldn't be asked. Like the the whole idea is like it's pages of a child's sort of drawing book, Mm. and you're moving in a linear fashion forwards in them, Um, and you have these battles, and you like press attack, and it randomizes the attack. There's these random like stat checks, um, that there's a dice roll that you can't see. It's all very um, black box, sort of away from the player's vision. Um, Yeah, I. Hmm. i want to recommend it i wanted to like it much more than i did but i just couldn't be fucked <laughs> um that's all i have to say on that alex tell me what on earth's gone on with going under
2: yeah I, i'm just done like you
0: know mm. you know what happens
2: though it's like I i went away from it for a little bit and i don't know about you guys but like this happens to me sometimes where like Occasionally, I mean, there's a game that I think that I really and I need to listen to this instinct a little bit more. I should have listened to it with Buddy Simulator, but because it was so short, I thought, oh, I should I should go back and finish it. But, um, I played that game and I really loved it. Like, it's very good, and I still highly recommend people to play it. But I just got to a point where I realized like the runs are going to stay similar. Um, I've kind of unlocked a lot of stuff. I sort of know what the loop is for this, and I was like, I think I got my fill. I'm good. someday. Might go back, but probably not. Um, hey, man, not every game is meant to be beaten. <laughs> Some are just meant this to be one played.
0: Was, this nah. one was great. How far did you get in? Had you gotten to, like, the second set of dungeons, in essence?
2: No, I, I think I'm just before that. Um, I think oh, wow, I, okay. Yeah, I got to, like, the, the final of the first round of dungeons, I think.
0: Um, so do you, like, you've done job in and you've done mm-hmm. one of sticks coin or the other
2: one. yep, yep. Okay. i've done that and I've, and I've done i think i've done a few runs of the the third one i might be in the middle of one actually i don't know um you're not that far off that's the thing but i just i can't be asked to do it you know like it's just it's yeah, one of those exactly. things where like my problem is that right now my experience with the game is re- i really really love it and I'm worried that if I just push myself to play through it, that I'll start to resent it a little bit, you know, which is actually what I think happened with Buddy Simulator a little bit. And so it's like, at this point, I'm like, I don't, I don't want to have, I just, I, I need to have that impulse. You know what I mean? Like, I, I don't know. I, I feel like I have impulses to play certain games. And if I don't feel that, I just end up feeling like I resent the game. And I'm like, I really don't like it. And I think this is a really, really fun one. So I highly recommend that people try it out. Um it's not retired because of any fault of the game. It's just kind of like I'm not in the mood. <laughs> right. Not to say that I won't ever come back to it because there's a good chance because of the length of it that I might like when I when I have that kind of hankering for a nice little roguelike. And also, I got to say though, part of the problem is that like where I am right now. Um I don't have like a lot of impetus to play Switch games at the moment because I kind of tend to play a lot of those Switch games when I'm like watching TV or watching a movie or something, which I know is terrible. I should probably be focusing on the movie, but some shows, you know, I don't need to focus that hard. And the reality is that I'm in a place now without my TV. So like there, there is like a little TV here, but I'm not going to be watching much. So I kind of felt like it's like I'm not just going to sit down and just play this game um, without something else because it is a game that I feel like is very it's a very good podcast game, actually. Um, because you know, it's real, like you're doing runs and you don't have to be like, you know, listening too intently the music's good though, but you don't have to like listen super intently. So it's kind of nice to have something on while doing it. Um uh, so anyway, nothing, nothing too exciting. Um, like I said, it's on game pass. So check it out there. Got it or buy it on, on a little discount when it's on switch because it's great. And that's, that's kind of it. <laughs> mm, I know. I agree. Nothing, uh, nothing too, too radical here um why don't we move on to playing should we mm-hmm. uh should we throw paula in here
1: hey yeah oh, yeah Trust <laughs> me just me okay um so i've been playing hollow knight it is a fantastic game i i can't recommend it enough it is very very fun it can be very difficult like mm-hmm. there was like or like it can it feels like it can be very difficult at times because i got to this place with these prey mantises and they are fast. They will wreck your shit if you don't move out of the way because, before the strike, but that can be said about any enemy, but mantises are fast, very fast. Um, And I think I got to, like, another bench. I haven't, like, beaten, like, any bosses last, since last time. I've just been exploring this place, and it is beautiful. And I really like the... Like, there are these games that you feel like you have to explore to get, like, new, more stuff. But this game feels like you just, you just explore it for the joy or blah. Oh, my God. I can't English today. You, (laughs) You just explore it for the joy of exploring. Yeah. So... It, I don't know, it's just fun to play. Oh, And also I got another power up so I can explore more. I can now grab to the walls and just run up the walls and it is beautiful. Another thing, another game that I've been making progress on is The Greatest Attorney Adventures. And I'm on chapter two now. So the game is now picking up its space right now. Um... It is a replay. No much more to say be, uh, beyond just go play these amazing games because the radius attorney is where it's at. Yeah, right it is. And <laughs> before jumping to the game that I'm really playing, I'm going to jump into the game that I feel like I'm going to retire soon, <laughs> that is Final Three Houses. I'm giving this game another chance <laughs> just because I was like, hey, I know what the game is about now. I know what to expect. So let's do this and i was like in the mood for a strategy but like they having like breaks in between so um fireman fireman three houses like gives you those breaks that you need like in the personal mm-hmm. games but oh my god the 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 monastery section uh section sorry can be so fucking boring
2: <laughs> that's fair
1: like yeah like and not only that, but the, the, the there's something about the battles that I'm really not liking. Mm-hmm. Like it feels like there is so much less strategy in the battles mm-hmm. than in the previous centuries. And I already said that for example, Fair Fright um was maybe like a little on the easier side. Mm-hmm. But this is making it seem very right, like uh, I don't know, the Dark Souls of Fire Emblem in comparison. That's how easy uh, Fire Emblem Three Houses is at the moment. But like how I don't want to say braindead, but the strategy is like not there. Like since they they took away like the weapon triangle, all the weapons feel the same in my opinion. Magic is awesome, like, like always, because it's magic. It's gonna give you like a great, great a advantage, and past certain point in the game, you probably can like just sweep the game with magic users. The one thing about magic that I feel they did because they wanted to balance it, but it's not really working for me, is that instead of you having to purchase like the the toms or the staffs the stave, sorry, or whatever item you need to use magic. You have like a certain amount of times you can use set magic in in each battle. So it's like they're trying to balance magic users, but they're still like powerful. So they still project, but they're trying to make them like less viable in the sense that you have to bring more units or more different units to the battle, but at the same time it's like I guess there are other ways to do that because like just by having the weapon durability system with magic, they could have just balanced it that way, like having like less uses but in this in the way that they're doing it is just like they don't want you to use magic in a sense. And um, it's a shame because I really like magic environment like. I, and I still can't find like what's special about about magic in this game because in some games you really needed magic users to battle like more bulkier units, but so far there aren't any bulky units like to speak of right now. And in Echoes, which by the way, Best Fire game, go play it. You have to use magic to get like uh get passed by like the terrain um modifications because magic just ignores terrain all, entirely so you really wanted magic because well it is powerful and you just bypass uh the oh my god the um the hit and avoid radio thing that ge- that terrain gives you. Sorry, my brain went places for a while. <laughs> and finally, the one the other thing that I don't really like about three houses that I wish they carry over from other Faliman especially in through the Eyes, Like I really like how the um, they had they used to have like the pixel art like moving around the map and then they zoom in into the battle and stuff like that. And I don't know, there was something charming about that. And the thing with tree houses is that they have arguably, like, the best models, in a sense. Like, they were, like, really well done. They, But the art style doesn't really lend to the models, in a way. Because if you see the the portraits on on the tree houses, uh, of the tree houses' characters, like, especially, like... What was the name of the red house one? Ildegard. Like she seems to be. Thank you. Oh, Eldegard. She seems to be staring into your soul in a way. <laughs> and I don't know. There's something about that art style in particular that it really unnerves me. I think it's the eyes. Mm. And I don't there's something about the models that doesn't like they translate well in the sense of they're I guess easier to model that way with that anime style. But at the same time, they are so stiff. Like when you're watching the cutscenes, they're like just standing there. So you think that if they had now like um, more stuff to play with in in a sense, like they would go and try to... Make it seem like oh this was supposed to be in 3D all along, but no, and it's really a shame because again in Echoes they had like the sickest vital animations like ever in, and it just feels like a it just feels like a straight downgrading comparison, mm. and I feel like the monastery sections were a way to try to. Um, Take the my castle sections from a fate a step further, which on paper, I feel like it could have worked better if they didn't make them almost mandatory in a way like especially when when there's like one thing you need to do like um on the on the monastery sections, it's like oh, you need to find this person and we need to prepare for the next battle and stuff like that. I don't know how, but I got lost. And I spent like 15 minutes trying to find the person that I was supposed to find. And there was like a very well hidden staircase where the thing I was looking for was. And I don't know, the map navigator, like the map needs some improvements because I've seen a lot of maps in games. And this map in particular is kind of confusing because you don't really get you don't really see which places which buildings you can enter and which ones Mm -hmm. you can't until you get there so that's kind of a problem but anyway i'm terrible at navigation so that's not really the game. okay i was gonna say because i was like
2: i never had a single problem with that (laughs) like i found like the monastery was really simple but if if navigation is something that's like a difficulty, I could see where that could that could come about. Because I felt like by the end of it, I knew that monastery, like the back of my hand. But I really, I yeah, like, really liked the monastery. So I don't know. Teach his own, right?
1: <laughs> yeah, teach his own. But it, it was funny because like I it was like, oh, maybe I can just navigate the monastery because what I usually do in games is like, oh... I memorize the landmarks, and mm. so I navigate without the map mostly. But for some reason, everything seems samey, so I got lost. So oh. I guess that's my problem. That's a me problem, and not a game problem. But well, it
2: could be both, right? Um,
1: it could be both. I think maybe it's just me being blind too, because I think the game, the game. Pre- lends itself better to, uh, an actual TV screen rather to the portable side mm. of things, because it looks a little bit crunchy, but that aside, not really like the, the only one problem that I had, like when it comes to trying to see what I, what the fuck I'm doing <laughs> is in the battles. And I had to put the map completely top down and I'm glad. They allow you to do that. That's like thank you, developers. Thank you for <laughs> thinking about the people who have difficulty difficulties with eyesight. Mm. So that's the part of the game. So I had to completely like put the top-down view to see where my units were because I was selecting the wrong units like all the time. <laughs>
2: OK, well, then it sounds the, like you just you, it sounds like that they need to implement a much better map for the monastery then, because like if you're having visual that you can't be the only one who has visual difficulties, right? Like,
1: <laughs> yeah, I mean, mm-hmm. I know for a fact that I have a nice problem because, mm-hmm. well, I use glasses, duh, <laughs> but it feels like they, they developed the game for um, for the big screen first. Mm-hmm. And for portable second like mm-hmm. that's I how that. i think they went about it because sometimes the text is a little bit too small for the switch light in particular uh so yeah those are that, that is my rant about fireman 3 houses i don't know if i'll be playing this game the, uh, next week i really want to give it a chance because i've heard great great things about the game I even went out of my way to play this time on hard mode because my friend told me, "Hey, if you play Fire Emblem games before, play it on hard mode. Otherwise, you fight it like too easy. or you get bored. You won't like get really experience the game. And I want to experience the story at least one route. I'm not gonna do the three uh, the three routes. I'm just gonna do one. And by the way, I'm on the Blue Lions one.
2: Oh, nice. I was gonna ask too. Like, what difficulty are you playing on?
1: Oh, I'm playing on hard.
2: Okay, you're on hard. All right,
3: yeah.
2: I was gonna say it because I was like, when you mentioned it was easy, I was like, I highly recommend the hard. You might be able to do maddening, honestly.
1: Um... Yeah, that's fire monkey <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, sorry for the long rant, but there were there was like there were like a lot of little things that started like stockpiling, and It was like ah, frustrating. But I think like now that I gave. The game a couple of days because it has been like a couple of days since i last played it maybe i'll go back into the game with a greater disposition to actually like enjoy it now because i know i know there are workarounds to some of the problems i'm having so i'm gonna do my best to enjoy it the best i can
2: listen girl rants is what this podcast is for (laughs) (laughs) yeah
1: Before to going before going to my next round, which by the way is gonna be a lot harder, I've been playing Tekken 7. Is it the seventh one? Yeah, it's the seventh one, the latest <laughs> one. And not the campaign per se, but um my boyfriend bought Tekken on his PC and he was like, Hey, bring a controller. I want to play with someone. Um it has been fun, but I have to step up my game because otherwise I'm gonna be um like punched to a pulp my like, poor character is gonna be punched to a pulp because he's being like my boyfriend has been learning like all the combos for his character which by the way is the one that um is i guess is kind of a kung fu master and he has like all the stances like and he has like a stupid move set because he has different moves for each stance he's in because in Kung Fu, you have like li- different schools. So the characters is based on those different schools. Like the, oh my God, I can't remember the name for the bird in English. Crane? Crane, thank you. And that's the one I practice too. So that is embarrassing. <laughs> <laughs>
3: um, What's
2: your second
1: language? The, the crane, okay. the tiger, the <laughs> serpent, the... Dragon and I don't remember the last one, but the monkey I think it is. And that character looks like so much fun to play, but such a pain in the ass to actually learn how to play. So instead I've been like trying different characters and there's one that I forgot her name, but she first of all she's tiny, so I, lo- I like that I can cheese or like cheat the cheat, bo- cheat the hitboxes in a way. Um, But also, I like that she's very quick, and, like, I don't know, I can't even, like, describe how, what, or how are fighting game characters different, besides, like, I don't know in Smash, because, well, it's Smash, and I don't know the, the name of the characters here, so fuck me, but... I managed to find a character that I'm having fun with and good at somewhat, and I'm starting to learn her combos. And oh my god, who made this game? Who in the right mind thought that some of the button combinations you have to do to to do the full combo is like. Wild, like the only game that I have like more trouble than with this one is a Street Fighter, because I'm not gonna do like those like ha- half moon things before like pressing A B and doing another half moon thing or like
0: half circle, yeah, yeah.
1: half I circle can't. thing on the controller. Yeah, but I think taken in a way it's a little bit more approachable. If I, in I, in a way, I don't know, yeah, maybe, maybe it's because I don't have to deal with the half circle things, which never worked for me. Sorry.
0: You both call yourself gamers, honestly.
2: <laughs> Bro, man, fighting games are oh, a whole other world.
3: That's <laughs> true. But yeah, they're a whole
1: other world. It's true. Hey, I can't do fighting in real life. I can't do it in video games. Sorry. <laughs> oh, man. Now I feel like I've come across like a very violent person in some ways.
0: <laughs> nah, you're.
1: Anyways, right. Tekken seven, very fun. A little bit much for my brain and my poor hands. It's gonna be like arthritis all are over again, <laughs> or like 1990s, 1980s all over again with this game. But it's still a lot of fun.
0: One of on them. <laughs> Worth it, maybe.
1: Worth um, it. Yeah, right. I, I won battles on this one. So yeah, worth it. <laughs> and finally, Variable Barricade. I've finally, like, probably started the last route of the game, ETS. And, and I guess, like, there's been more things, more interesting things happening here than in other sections of the game, especially, like, in the last route that I played so yeah that's 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 a plus i guess <laughs> but no, jokes aside i i, I know i've chat on the game like too much because i was mad like like last time because of how uninteresting the road ended up being and it and how like the game like wrote like drama that really didn't sit well with the overall tone of the game. But this time around they're doing the things better, I guess. I still feel like the route could be a, a little bit shorter because um I don't know if I said this, but the each character route is divided into three boards. Like the first board where every you you have to um finish everyone's first board of chapters before uh, choosing one of them, and then you have the second board that has, I want to say, 10 to 15 chapters, and then you have the final board, which has uh, between 20 and 25, probably. Those are a lot of chapters, now that we think about it, and maybe I'm overestimating, but that's what it looks to me when...
2: Visual novel with a lot of chapters? No. We <laughs> <Okay, fine. laughs> have fun. Especially these kinds. I hey. feel like everyone you play is just so long.
1: <laughs> yeah, but this one takes a kick because I really feel like I'm in the last board right now. I'm a third of the way in, and I already feel like the story is wrapping up.
3: Uh-huh, but it's not sure. going to
1: wrap up until, like, well, the end of the board. So, this is when I say this game is overstaying, it's welcome a bit too much. But still, I feel the writing this route is better than the last route, so that's good. Um, I'm genuinely enjoying this, so that's the reason I haven't retired yet. But still, I would have a hard time recommending this one, especially mm. for because if you play Atomic Games and you play a lot of Atomic Games like me, then you will have like nothing really that's new on this one, like. And if maybe if you're newer to the atomic games, and this is not your first one, because I feel like this if this is your, like your first atomic game, it will like deter you from trying another atomic game, or like if you like the grown idea about the genre genre. But I feel if this is like I don't know one of your first five atomic games, you will. Still enjoy it more than if you already played, let's say Cupid Parasite that is also around does it better. Hmm. So it's it's again one of those games that, well, it depends where you are if I can recommend it to you. Still, I wish I wish we we would release like this episode sooner because I just realized in the suite that there were like a lot of Tommy games like at a steep discount and this was like the perfect time to say hey go play code I saw olympia sorry sorry <laughs> <laughs> Too <laughs> too late. <laughs> <laughs> late do it do it so yeah All uh right. that's variable variegate and please take it away actually um but you have the game of the month, Alex. So I'm I pass do the it later. over to you because you have something very interesting there.
0: <laughs> I, I think if I jump in, we can probably use that as a segue. Yes, it shall be. Yeah,
1: let's, let's do this. Let's do Wake, that. Give me Rick. Take Thanks. it away. Have you been playing The Witcher? I
0: actually have. I played a bit of The Witcher. I did. might get
2: done by 2023.
0: <laughs> I think I need to get done soon so I can make space on my SSD for the game of the month. Anyway. There you go. Um, I had like this weird um event in chapter three or five where i was like hobnobbing with the great and good of the community um but also like i had to curry favor with the princess and to do that i had to give a nudge to my mage friend to conjure up some like disgusting monster meat because that's what she likes to eat and then once she'd had the thing that she likes to eat we went and did the sex um it's a strange old game is the witcher um i am having a good time i am slowly plugging through it um It shows its age massively, and it's a tricky (laughs) one to recommend with that in mind because I am enjoying it in spite of many obvious objective flaws with the game, Um, but I am enjoying it. Days Gone is still in my playing, but I haven't really touched it because I've been slap-banging in the middle of Sifu. I don't think you got to the third level, did you, Alex, which is where I'm at currently? Uh, No. The third level is where it... The third level is where it starts going a little bit nuts. So there, there's some really cool visual flair. The, the third level is a museum. Um, the the character that you've got to defeat at the end of that level, um, has like given up her criminal past and she's now like a museum curator. She does art exhibits and things. Uh, there's some real artsy high concept like rooms to this level. Fuck, does it get hard? Like I'm really, really, really struggling with the game now. Um, it's asking a lot of me. What I've started doing is like a few early-level runs. One, to optimize my runs, um, but two, also to just buy some permanent upgrades just to make my time through a little bit easier. Uh, there's a few things that I want to try and get early doors. The other thing that this game does that's a little bit annoying, and I think I understand why they've done it, because it kind of feeds into the overall loop, but it is just a real awkward one. Um, the way that the upgrade options work, once you get beyond a certain age, you are locked out of certain upgrades. Um, And they are also generally the more expensive upgrades. So the game is almost demanding that you grind the earlier levels a lot, either to get good enough, to get far enough in the game so that you comfortably have enough points to spend and are still at a young enough age, or just to grind out enough points to buy the permanent upgrades so that you can just have them on future runs. I don't like the game's structure, and I think it's probably the one thing that I really dislike about the game. The, the combat's difficult, but fair. I just think the, the whole conceit of the setup is a little bit counterintuitive. It's a little bit of a frustrating one. Um, still recommend the game, but it's one of those things where if you're someone who doesn't necessarily have twitch reflexes, who isn't willing to invest a bit of time into the game, um, that's not necessarily a criticism of you, but it's something that the game demands so there there isn't a lot of flexibility. I think there is an easy mode now, but I don't know how much easier it is. And I think there's only so much you can dilute that combat without sort of ruining the game a little bit. I know it sounds a little bit elitist, but I do think a lot of the satisfaction comes from mastering the combat and getting really good at reading what's coming across and, and reacting to it. So that's, I think that's most
2: the point of the game, right? It's like, it, it is that. Exactly.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like Breath of the Wild if the map was already like fully filled in. It, it, why would you? Um, Secret of Mana. I started playing the, the PS Vita remake of this and I like it more. Now, does it look like ass? Yes. Are there horrible black loading screens between everything? Yes. But it has the original soundtrack. Sans... The, the like combat sound effect cutting into it, which was annoying me such an inordinate amount. Um, it also has 360 movement, which is really, really useful. I might play the game this way. I, I, I'm so conflicted because neither one is great. They both have obvious but different drawbacks. I really want to play this game. I've liked all the other mana games. I have legend of mana the ps1 version installed and i have dawn of mana the ps2 version available to me and i've got the two ds mana games i want to play secret of mana like it's the one that people talk about i want to experience it i don't like either of my options to experience it especially the, the, the pixel one's great but you can tell they were pushing at the hardware and also like trying to emulate it on vita has been a bit awkward And I'd prefer to play it handheld. I am going to have a look at like emulating it on PC, but even then, it doesn't look like there's a version where the music isn't botched by like the limitation of sound channels on that hardware. I don't think there's a patch to fix that. There's no like modded version of the game. And it was just grating on me so much the brief time I played the SNES version of it. So I I think I'm probably going to end up plugging away with the. With the Vita remaster, like the art's not nearly as good. Having said that, I played Adventure of Mana that way, and you know, really enjoyed the game for what it was. Worth saying, I think that actually looked a bit better than the Secret of Mana remake, which is kind of criminal when you think about it, because that came out a couple of years before, and it was a mobile first title. Like the Vita port of that game has the mobile buttons on the screen, and it still ran and played better than the Secret of Mana port. So squeenix or whoever they arranged to do that there's words to be had there i'm probably going to carry on playing the vita version so yeah i don't know i don't know what to feel about that really um yeah have either of you played any of this because i feel like this is probably the kind of game that would be elevated by three-player co-op which the length of the game probably makes it awkward but
2: yeah, I played um Secret of Mana, and I, I I very very disliked it quite a bit. Um Oh, okay. J- only because the like I just I couldn't get into the mechanics of it. It just felt very foreign to me and I I couldn't really I couldn't get a grasp of it. I thought it was gorgeous. Loved the mm. look of it. Loved the sound of it, like you said. Um but it was one of those things where I was like, "Oh shit. This is I I had to have been there you know what i mean like it was one of those games where i felt like like control wise it was like i I can't do it now um i wish i could um because it does seem like a great game that a lot of people really love but yeah i could not get into the way it controlled it just did not work for me
0: the the one thing i'm looking into is like obviously they did the collection re-release on switch with um the game boy version of adventure of mana secret mana, and also like a translated Trials of Mana. If they fix the audio on that version, that's probably the version for me, and I'll probably try and find a way to pick that collection up and play it that way. Um, if not, it is going to be the Vita release. Um, if you know if they fix the audio on that, let me know in the comments down below. I, I did have a brief skim online, very brief one, and didn't immediately find an answer. Um, what about you, pal? Have You played this one? or
1: No, but I haven't played any of the uh, of mana games. Mm -hmm. so i can't really comment on the other one the the sound issue does it really is a limitation of the snes
0: yeah so so... doubly so because it was designed as a cd game and then they scrapped the snes cd add-on and they had to sort of retrofit that game onto a cartridge like i totally get why it's happened but that doesn't make it any less frustrating as a player especially the music's gorgeous like having played a bit of the way in on the Vita version with the original soundtrack. The original soundtrack so good. So unbelievably good. Um, next one, and this is somewhat of a humble pie situation. Um, I, I played some more of Luigi's Mansion 2. I'm really, really liking it. And a couple of members of the community sort of nudged me to like, give Luigi's Mansion 1 another try. Like, it is a really good game. I went back to the 3DS version and having played a bit of 2, and muddled around with my settings mainly like taking the sensitivity of the gyro and the C stick way down. Like it's still clunky on 3DS. You can tell it was designed around dual analog, but it's playable. Um, the core game underneath it's really, really nice. I've been having fun with it. Um, in spite of not because of the controls, there is an element of working with them rather than them working with you. Um, but it's considerably shorter than number two as well, so I'm probably going to trouble, going to try and plug away and beat that one. Um, I am having a good time with it. I am also having a good time with two, which is still in my playing, but like I didn't feel right to put it in a retired because the moment I finish one, I will be going straight back to it, and that's like in the next few days, hopefully. Um, the final game I want to talk about, gush about, I should say, because I love this game, uh, Neon White, the recently released. First-person, like, parkour platform puzzler thing. The gameplay of this is just so on point. It's wonderful. Um, Everything I would want from, um, like, first-person puzzle. You don't really have, like, wall running or anything like that, but that's not what it's designed around. It's it's more platforming with the abilities that the weapons give you. So I think I spoke about this briefly last week. The conceit is that you pick up um, guns of various stripes and you can shoot them and or burn them for a parkour ability. So a new example, I recently started using the shotgun. Um, the shotgun gives you like three relatively narrow spread blasts. Um, if you use it, it is a dash in the direction you're aiming, um, slightly different from a different ability from one of the other weapons, which gives you a um, a vertical dash no matter what direction you're aiming in. So it's a different repertoire. Um, The story actually started going places as well. I think last week I said I could take or leave it and it's still a weaker component of the game, but it does look like they're trying to do something with it and there was a little bit of a twist um, when I was playing earlier before we started recording that's got me interested in the story. Now, let's put it that way. It's got me a little bit invested. Um, The core gameplay sells it. The, The story could be dog shit and I'd still be giving this game a 10 out of 10 because the gameplay just is that good. It's got that addictive like one more try nature. So um, every level is bronze, silver, gold, and then also like an ace medal. Um, And when you get a silver or a gold, it shows you the times you need. Um, When you get a gold, there'll be like an in-game icon in the level, giving you a hint as to where you can alter your run to achieve that ace time. Um, And for the first few sets of levels, I was just getting the gold and moving on, but I have found myself now like really itching to get that ace medal and like giving most of the levels, a couple more runs to try and achieve it. So good. So so good. I, I can't recommend this game highly enough. Alex, take it away from me.
2: Alright. Yeah, this has been a this has been a long one, folks. We're definitely gonna barely touch on our topic. <laughs> Which was sort of the plan, but that's fine. We had a lot to talk about. It's summertime, you oh, know. Well, yeah. Instead of going outside we're playing games. <laughs> <laughs> Nerds Unite! Um anyway, so uh um, <laughs> I <laughs> I uh I've been playing Half-Life Alex again. This is so funny, I don't know why. I think maybe because I want this experience to last because this game is so good. I've been playing this game very far apart. I likely won't play this again for another two months, only because I don't think my internet here is like strong enough um to do the virtual desktop like really well. Um, because I'm in a different place. Um, Because I like to play this game, I could theoretically I have like a cable that I can connect to my uh, quest Two to connect directly to my PC, which I'll do for a couple PC games here that are like sit down VR games. But dude, wireless Half Life Alex is so incredible. Because like, okay, I don't know how I can explain this. But like, you're in these combat scenarios, right? And so like, usually in a shooter, you know, you've got like 20 dudes coming at you, right? And you're just like shooting them all, you know? In this, three people come in and you're like, oh fuck, I'm gonna die. Because like (laughs) they're, cause you're, they're your size, right? Or bigger than you, you know? And you're like, and I'm genuinely like, a lot of the time I was actually just, I'm just actually crouching. Like I was in a legit crouch on my like mat, like leaning out towards like from like a big thing and then like bolts come by and I'm like, oh shit. So like, I'm actually like shooting around a thing and like going up and like, you know, I could shoot anywhere. And then I'm like peeking out, shooting, ducking for cover and like going. It is so fucking cool, man. It is like, it, I, it literally does feel like playing a game from the future. It just honestly does not feel like this is a thing that you can play now because there's nothing else like this game. There is no mm-hmm. VR game close to what this is like. Because it is, first off, a premiere story. It's gorgeous. Like, there are so many moments I'm walking through where I just kind of stop and I'm like, yo. <laughs> you know, just like, that's beautiful. Um, and then also just like the physics of like, you know, like the gravity gloves are so much fun. Like picking up a fucking uh, mag and putting it in as you're about to get like killed and you're like loading your gun and you're just like backing off and like,
3: oh, it is so cool.
2: <laughs> so I'm like, maybe... I think, I think I'm more than halfway through. Like I actually think I'm pretty close to the end of the game, but I'm telling you, I like that. Ha <laughs> There you go. Yeah. More than, more than halfway. Oh God. I didn't even, didn't even <laughs> plug that, but I wish people like, I wish everyone could experience this because I think if you did, you would, you'd be like, Oh yeah. Right. Okay. VR games are legit. You know, like obviously these will never be for everyone because I understand that it does take time to really get used to, um, being involved in it, like being like, really in the midst of it. But I have to say, like, the wireless stuff, it makes a big difference. Because I had to play a lot of VR games, like PSVR, for instance, I had to be sitting down, right? Um, Because that's how I had to play the game, I had to sit and play through like, for instance, Resident Evil seven, which I still think was amazing. But your walking pace has to be very slow, because you're sitting. And so realistically, you can't move too quickly or your body goes like, what uh, do you doing? What are you doing? Uh, are you doing? Yeah. <laughs> Which is what my body did. There's a couple of PSVR games where I was just like, uh, uh, I'm going to puke. I got to stop. <laughs> but in this, I'm standing up. I, I have a yoga mat that I use and I play in bare feet so I can feel where I am. And the yoga mat is like out of the way of any obstacles. So I can like, duck down, crouch down, I can move on the yoga mat, like, run around, and I don't have to use like the, the, uh, the right stick to like rotate my view, because I just move my head to move my view, right? And then oh. I just push forward. So it's just like, I'm just in this world, and like, literally crouching behind things. And because you know, in Half-Life Alex, you can actually touch stuff, which is so different. In a lot of games, you know, you won't have collision detection, uh, or you don't have much of it, right? But in this, it's like straight up, I'll like, put my hand out, and my hand flattens against, you know, the fucking piece of concrete that I'm using as a defense, and it really feels like I'm like, oh yeah, I'm here, like my hand has stopped, I stop, and it's just really, really cool, man! <laughs> um, so, all I'm saying is, if you get the chance at all to play this game, oh my god, play it! Because, um, you. Oh, cool it's so cool <laughs> um anyway it also makes me realize that i'm like oh, i'd get my ass got killed in a firefight <laughs> you're like you don't realize how bad you are at this stuff until you're in that moment um so anyway really good speaking of dying a lot uh, also playing spelunky a little bit uh i don't think i'm gonna actually play this much i'm probably gonna retire this pretty quickly um it's great don't get me wrong but it's just like roblox have come a long way since Spelunky, right? Mm -hmm. So I think instead I'm just going to play Spelunky (laughs) 2. Which actually I want to play with all of y'all because its uh, I know it's on Game Pass and I think the co-op is very fun from what I can see. But the reason I want to play this is because I have Derek Yu's um, boss fight book on Spelunky and I've been reading it, which is really fun. It's really neat to just read, you know, from the creator of the game. Um, And so I I at least wanted to give it a shot and it was like a dollar on Switch the other day. and I was like, I think I can afford it. Um, so I just, mm. cause I, I figured if there was ever a way I was going to play the game, I have it on PC, but I was like, I'm, realistically, if I'm ever going to play this game, it's on the switch. So, um, anyway, it's really fun. Splinky is like, for those who don't know, it's, it's a roguelite about like, you're in, you, uh, you go into this mine, uh, hard as balls. You have like a whip. You have, uh, bombs that you blow things up. You have grapple hooks that you can go through. You can pick stuff up. You can, there's like little idols or like a little lady you can decide who to save. There's, um, I think in each run, there's 16 levels you go through, but they're procedurally generated. And so you'll get a variety of different ones each time you go through. Um, But something that's neat, actually, from reading the book, he talks about how when he was making this game, what he wanted to do was create, um, and this is part of like part of the roguelike kind of, rules he's talked about actually like the the berlin interpretation this is really funny there was like a conference in berlin about roguelikes and like they like made a list of like what was required for one which is pretty funny um i just think it's amazing that you've got like in video games like the berlin interpretation of roguelike <laughs> like we're becoming a, a thing now you know
0: sounds like a chess opener the doesn't it yeah it sounds like a yeah. physics thing honestly
2: like <laughs> sounded to me like some kind of like yeah the interpretation of quantum mechanics in this sense but anyway um one of the things he said is that he wanted your character and the enemies and items to all have the same rule set right so that you actually aren't really any different from um from an enemy like anything that an enemy can do you can do and anything you can do an enemy can do in a sense um And so I thought that was really just a very fascinating way of looking at it. Instead of you having special privileges, you don't have these kind of special privileges at all. Um, Anyway, I just really enjoy reading, um, like playing the games that I'm reading the books for. Like, it's just kind of fun to go through. But there's a lot of them that like, I feel like this is one of those ones I had to be there for. Um, And it's it's a daunting game. Like, you know, a lot of roguelikes have like, you know, a smallish amount of time before uh, you kind of beat a run. But this is one of those ones where it's like, no, it's like twenty hours to get through and beat it, because um, I think a lot of it is just actually skill wise. Because I don't think there's anything you carry over from what I can tell. I think you just have to restart every time. Um, kind of a little Sifu-ish. So like, it. I think this is more strict in terms of roguelikes. you know. Um, mm. Whereas some have later come to realize, like, uh, maybe we got to give people a little more leeway here. This one's like, no, fuck you. I'm like, oh, I'm sorry, sir. (laughs) Um, So, yeah, Splunky. Um, Another roguelike that is phenomenal is Vault of the Void. It's still technically Mm. in early access, but holy shit, this is good. This... Personally, this is my favorite roguelike card battler I've ever played. It is so well done. Um, It's kind of like... It's so good. In fact, playing it for the first time on normal, I haven't lost yet. Um, Each run is about an hour and a half maybe that I've done, but I'm also like really strategizing going through it. But what I love about this game is that, okay, so you have four characters. I've unlocked almost all the characters. I think I'm going to consider it a completion when I've done a run with each of the characters um, Mm -hmm. because technically there's no real completion on this. I think he wants to introduce a story at some point. I'm not sure, but anyway, um, he doesn't need it because the runs are super fun. Um, each, each character has like a different type of build, right? Like the thief that you start with has like different kinds. One of the ones that I played was kind of a bleed build. So that build is really about like stacking, um, bleed damage onto enemies so that they die during their turns. Um, but the way it works is that you, you're kind of going to battle this void. And so the void is the third floor. So essentially you play through two floors and then you hit a void floor where you have to battle two bosses. And then the final thing, which is the void. Um, each floor though, you're given this kind of map and you're you can choose like where to go along it, right? But what it also does is it shows you um the map rewards. So you can click on a button and it will show you here are all the cards that you can get um in this floor. And if you click you can click on the cards that you like and then it will highlight those spaces on the map so you can actually plot out a path to get the build that you want. And what's really cool is that in a lot of rogue like kind of card builders, you know, you're given cards And it's like, here you go, fucker. That's the card you got to use, right? Like they just say, deal with it, you know? And then they're like, you can purge it like a monster train. But in this one, it's like, no, 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 no. This one's different. In this one, every card you get does not go into your deck. It's in your backpack. You can only have 20 cards in your deck at a time. Um, But every single um, like battle, you can customize your deck. And it's going to actually tell you the monsters you're going to face And what their kind of skills are, like what they can do to you. Um, So it's really about preparing for each battle, which is really fun. Because it doesn't overwhelm you with choices in your deck building. You never have like really a ridiculous amount of cards to pick through, right? Because you're only gathering the cards as you go along. Um, But you can upgrade them. um, And like there's a whole bunch of stuff that you could do with them. And you can add these like things called void stones, which like accumulate as you're battling, which give special properties to them. Um, I love this so much. Like it really encourages smart playing. And this is what I think I love about it, where it's like, yeah, it's a roguelike in a way in the sense that it's like, yeah, you know, every run's different. You don't know what cards you're going to get, but you do know the type of build you're going for. And it tells you that right away, right? Like, it's like, hey, mm-hmm. you're playing as this person. Do you want to choose? And each character has like two different ones. Do you want to do, for instance, with the thief at the beginning, do you want to do the bleed build where it's really about stacking all of those, the blood, or do you want to do the blade one, which is more about, and I, I can't remember the exact thing, but it's like, it's more of this damage kind of dealer thing and, and deals more with rage and stuff. And so you're like, oh, I see. Okay. And then it carefully explains what each of these kind of skills are and what the things are going to do to you. Um, some of the mechanics I still don't fully understand. Like there's this one element of it that I, I, I never quite got a hang of, uh, cause it seemed pretty advanced, but it didn't matter because I was still able to win without it. And it feels to me like this particular mechanic, if I go into the harder difficulties is going to be like, you better know how that works. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, I can't recommend it. It's not very expensive at all. Like I got this for like maybe like eight or $9 or something like that. But like even at full price, it's like 14 bucks right now. Um, which feels like a goddamn steal because there is so much content in this game and it is just super, super, super good. And like, listen, I love card battlers. Like I, I think they're really, really fun and engaging and the way it sort of works is like, oh, and this is also, it's, okay, sorry. I got a lot to say about this. I'm going to try to wrap it up because we're already going really long. <laughs> but essentially um, the way that this works is like, so when your enemies fight, you, you're you on kind of what looks like, I, I don't know, not a Hearthstone grid, but like basically your screens here, and then the enemies are kind of the cards are above. And what happens is that there's a meter. And that meter builds up to 100%. And when you get to 100%, enemies can no longer spawn. But here's the thing, if you kill enemies, they have a certain amount of percentage that builds up that meter. So if you kill an enemy that has say 15%, well, the next round, a new enemy is going to appear the same one, but that enemy will appear there. So you have to look and it will show you ahead of time. It tells you exactly what their values are, but you have to see, okay, what combination is going to make it so that no enemies respawn. Um, And so there's a lot of strategy in this because sometimes though, the smaller guys can deal out a shit ton of damage. So you're like, oh God, I feel like I want to kill them, but if I kill them, he's just going to respawn with full health. So you really have to strategize that and each turn, the enemies will attack you. But what happens is they build up threat. So the enemies do like, maybe they're dealing you 30 threat, which actually be quite a lot. But then on your turn, you now have a turn to negate that threat, right? So now you play your cards and you can negate the threat that they're dealing because the threat is only going to hit you at the end of your turn. So you're never going to be dealt damage on the enemy's turn. So you always have the ability to negate things that are happening to you. So it is just very strategic. And like, feels like you're playing rounds of chess every single time in the best way possible um and i like every oh go play this fucking game man it is so good it is so so good um especially if you like roguelikes like personally i think this like i like slay the spire but i think this um is like just such a level above that game like it is It takes what makes Slay the Spire fun. And then I feel like it refines this into this like unique, excellent take on the genre. And I'm sure for some people that might be like, no, thanks. Because again, you do have to manage your cards, right? Like you are actually going to have to go through your deck and decide what you want to use and what you don't want to use. And that can be, that might be overwhelming for some and might feel too micromanagey. but I love that. Um, So anyway, Vault of the Void, probably going to have that beaten in a little bit here because I just, I'm digging it. And I'm a little scared of this game because I love it so much that I'm like, shit, man, I I. better Let's play each character once and then let's put it aside until it finishes early access or something, you know? I was like, I don't want to lose my whole fucking gaming life to this game because I will. Um, <laughs> lastly, I'm playing Ace Attorney Investigations, Miles Edgeworth. <laughs> yeah. Why have I waited so long? This game is so cool. <laughs> uh, it actually reminds me a lot of Ghost Trick in the sense that, like, instead of. Um, the uh, like first person perspective. And when you're talking to people, they actually make all the little sprites and like they interact and they play through and you can like walk through areas with them and stuff. Um, And it's really fun. And so like instead of courtrooms, I mean, maybe there's courtrooms, but I don't think there are any courtrooms. Are there any courtrooms? I don't think there are. I think it's all, yeah, okay, good. It's all investigations. So what you're doing is like you're investigating crimes and like murders essentially. Um, and like the way you do that is through your logic because like miles has worked is very logical so like you you create these like logic deductions that go together and then you will do still like cross examinations but they're more like arguments that you pick apart and like rebuttals that you break down um and then you investigate crime scenes and so you go through and you like you investigate all the items but you can actually like walk miles around the uh the crime scene and examine things and then you connect
0: the crime scene's logic. that big what walk miles around what? the crime scenes. Oh, oh no! Why, Rick? Why? <laughs> I couldn't resist. I, I couldn't
3: resist. But
2: anyway, um, it's really good. I really like it. I'm in the second case right now, um, and I'm having a great time. I will go play it right now. Frankly, it's like sitting right in front of me, and I'm like, I want to
0: play. Um. This so good. I even as yeah. someone who's not like super into the Ace Attorney games, the the Edgeworth ones do look.
2: I think you'd like cool. the Edgeworth ones because they're totally different from the Phoenix Wright games. Honestly. Yep. Yeah. Mm. Like, they're not, they're completely different, Um, just genuinely. Um, And it feels more like a, you know, kind of investigative, um, kind of like a Sherlock Holmes type game in a way, you know? Like, because Miles kind of feels like that character in some ways. It also really, I think Miles Edwards is such a great character, and I feel like the writing for him is very endearing in this um and very well done like he's so blunt sometimes like there's like this one character who like made the design of like a suitcase and it's it's very ugly and she's just like oh what do you think and he's like it's horrendous and he's like oh god was that too much like <laughs> but he's just so blunt he's like oh, but but i mean i'm sure it took a lot of work you know like it's just very it's quite it's quite fun and endearing um and lots of characters from the Ace attorney series not a lot but like some show up like detective gumshoe is in it obviously because like you know good partners cool is, uh, yeah and, uh, uh, Francisca shows up in the second one here, which it's just nice to see. Um, it's also kind of fun because like Miles is like solving crimes and like exonerating people in a way. And so it's kind of, it's kind of nice actually to play this because it shows you that like Miles Edgeworth is a good prosecutor. Like he's trying to actually prosecute criminals. He's not like trying to just, um, you know, falsely accuse someone. Right. Cause like a lot of the prosecutors in the Ace Attorney games are like that. And so it gives you this sense of like, Miles Edward is like, no, I want to actually figure something out. It's ridiculous the idea that this prosecutor is like a detective it makes no sense. But it's super fun. What in that
0: universe fucking does.
2: <laughs> exactly. So just sit back and enjoy the ride. Um okay, so huh, um we're getting to our topic slash mixed thing, which won't be super long here. Because <laughs> we don't have time to really get into the topic. Um basically the we want to do we want to shout out the game of the month we're gonna start doing this because i don't know why we just haven't done it so the game of the month this month is metal gear rising revengeance
0: um we should say for anyone who doesn't know game of the month is like a monthly book club hmm. type thing that's run on the forums and and to an extent on the discord as well
2: yeah which if you're listening to us and um you don't know about that i'm surprised (laughs) (laughs) um uh, most people get us through it but anyway yeah game of the month is uh really fun uh some months we don't get involved this month i am getting involved i've been playing metal gear rising revengeance um <laughs> oh my god this game is such a 2010s game like i think it's 2013 i'm pretty sure yeah,
0: right at the tail end of that gen, yeah. Yeah,
2: it looks really good on PC, actually. I have to say, for a game of that generation, you can kind of. I I feel like I'm like, oh, I can sort of see that this is kind of in the bridging the the, like, like it could have been a PS4 game, you know? Like it yeah. really yeah. feels like that. Um, it's a platinum game. Um, a f- pretty coherent story so far for uh, <laughs> a Metal Gear game.
0: <laughs> I can tell you haven't got to the final boss in that case. Like, no, which I've not I it yet. I'm I'm going to try to this month, but like, I I have seen the the cut scene before the final boss. I, I have some idea of how nuts it goes. Oh, it look
2: it's already nuts though. Like, don't get me wrong, it's absolutely absurd. Um, Even in that context. Yeah. And it's, it's so, it's so early 20, like I wanted to make the topic of this a little bit like, and maybe we'll we'll have to talk about this another time, I think to really delve into this, but like there was a generation of games where the color palette was poop brown. And that's what this one is. (laughs) Like it's so, it's so brown and washed out. Like, you know, that look, right? Like the Resident Evil five, um, Gears of War, um, like all of these, like, I could probably list more of them anyway, but like these games that had that, and they don't look bad. It's just, they had that very like
3: realism
2: look, you know, (laughs) which was just, and I think part of it was to cover over that the systems weren't strong enough probably to get the design that they were hoping to achieve. So to make it a little more washed out actually makes it look a little better. So like, I think artistically it actually is very cohesive It's just, you do sort of feel like you're running through any other game, you know?
0: (laughs) It was also the era of the Spectacle QCE, which I feel like absolutely leans into.
3: Mm -hmm.
2: And it's absurd and cool. I mean, I'm like running on missiles at some point here. I'm just like, oh my God. But I have to say too, the parrying makes no sense in this game. Um, I'm, I'm getting better at it. The... Okay, the way parrying works, and they don't explain this very well, is that it's camera positioned and screen position. So the way it works is that enemies will flash red, and that indicates that they're going to attack. It doesn't indi- indicate that you should parry. Um, then they're going to attack you. And based on your position on screen and the way that their attack is moving, you have to hit your attack light attack button, which for me is the X button on the Xbox controller, and then you have to, and you have to, at the same time, push the um, thumbstick in the direction of the attack. So like the opposite direction. So if an attack is coming from, say, the bottom of your screen, and it's going towards the center, you have to push from the top of your screen towards the center and hit X in order to block it.
0: Opposing now, direction, I understand you. Now, the thing
2: is, though, this is a three-dimensional game of which the camera is fucking nuts sometimes. And so... Yeah or have been a lot of times where I'm like, I know I hit that right. But camera wasn't quite in the right position. And so my screen position was kind of off. And it just didn't work. And I'm just getting like bulldozed by motherfuckers. So uh, yeah, interesting idea. But doesn't really because there's no dodge button. It's all about parrying. Um, Yeah, which feels a little bit like you're like, Oh, I guess (laughs) we haven't. I guess we weren't, you know, full on in the dark souls world yet of dodging everything right like this is still like experimenting in different styles i just wish there was a dodge um
0: it's also worth saying that game was developed a like in a real short span yeah. of time and b twice like the the version that we got was basically right. like restarted midway through development um it's part of the reason it's so short it's very very compressed um there's, which i think the, is a good thing <laughs> Uh, yeah, p- quite probably. Um, I remember watching a little while back, there's a, a guy on YouTube who does a series called What Happened um, mm. about like game development, about rocky developments. And I know the one that he did on Revengeance was really compelling, so it might be worth yeah. a, a watch for anyone who's interested and hasn't already seen it. Um, I'm excited to play this one. I've needed an excuse for years to play it, so I'm going to be trying to play it this month. Um, as I alluded to before, I need the hard drive space that's currently being taken up by The Witcher. <laughs> It's a pretty Hold big install, yes, actually.
2: It's like thirty gigs or something.
0: <laughs> uh, yeah, I've not got that much space left on my SSD. I know. For the, a twenty thirteen,
2: ready is
1: yeah.
2: What about you, Paula? Are you going to try this one out?
1: I'm <laughs> um, not really sure. I'm um, they haven't played any of them, I got the Metal or something. You games,
2: do so not um, have to have played yeah, a it's single very much
0: standalone. Gear. Yeah.
1: Yeah, maybe. But let's leave it at maybe. Um, yeah. yeah I'll, let me put it this way too, though. This game has
2: basically nothing to do with Metal Gear. Um, in terms of like story-wise, like it does because the character and like the Metal Gears, obviously. So it's, it is in this universe, but like you mm-hmm. have to know nothing. I'm sure if you've played all the others, I've played some of them. So there are some things that I'm like, oh, that's cool. I know this person, um, but it's super standalone. And I'm also going to be real with you here. Even if, if you have played all the Metal Gear games, there's a strong chance you don't remember shit because, <laughs> like, they're so <laughs> convoluted. So don't worry about it. <laughs> um, if that's a thing stopping you, don't let it. Um, anyway, I think we should move on because we're almost we at really two should. hours here. Yeah. <laughs> we move I was
1: thinking, and it it is on sale on Sim. So maybe, maybe I'll pick it up.
2: Do it. Do it. Until then. Let's play How Long to Beat the Game. Rick, I think it's your turn to regale us.
0: It is. And I've also taken the, uh, the measure of like yeah, randomizing the game already. Um, this week's game is Eco. Oh. Oh. Eco. Eco. Hot take. Hot take. Not a good game at all. I agree. How <laughs> do you Just. Uh, I-C-O. Oscar, I- it's, ICO.
2: It's the before shadow of Col- the Colossus. It's the, the one that was made before that.
0: Oh. Hot take. Also not a good game.
2: Yeah, not a big fan of Shadow of the Cross.
0: A less not good game, but not a good game. So, in addition, as always, to giving me the times for Main Story, Main Story Plus, and 100%, each of which is worth one point. um, The two-point bonus question I'm going to ask you both is, how many people have logged replay times for this game? How many replay times have been logged for this game?
2: I mean, replays? Yeah. God, is this a game that you replay?
0: This is uh, the question. That's <laughs> the how long to beat the game?
1: Oh my god! The next
0: Let me replays.
2: Um, okay, let's see. I think
0: I have my uh,
2: my times here.
0: And we should say, going into the the final game week, I think of this run of how long to beat the game. Um, Alex and I are currently tied on eleven points. Paula, at the start of this game week, was two points ahead after a stellar run last week on thirteen <laughs> points. <laughs> So it's all to play for. All right, I'm good. Yep, I have Alex Times. I am waiting for yeah, Alex Times.
1: Um trying to find your tat sorry.
0: Yeah, these games never clicked
2: with me. Same with the Last Guardian. I I know for some people these are like Oops, you know, like they are the games, but
0: I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, no. I I think, again, this is probably another one of those you kind of had to be there things. I think if you're early noughties, maybe these do strike such a different tone. But I think even then, like, they're kind of janky. They don't really do a good job of signposting explaining what's expected of you, I don't feel. Shadow of the Colossus does a much better job at that because, like, obviously you just follow the light and then you, like, bring down the colossi. But it always feels like it's... Um, style over substance yeah to a, a real heavy degree there
2: yeah you. honestly i yeah i feel you on that oh okay are we ready
0: are we are we both happy with our times i'm happy yep good stuff going back. Locked in oh this is gonna be a close one so um main time alex put seven hours Paola has also put seven hours, Mm. uh, which means you both get a point. The actual main story time is six and a half hours, so you also were both very, very close. Okay. Mm -hmm. One point each there. Main plus, Alex has put eight hours. Paola has put seven and a half hours. Uh, The time is seven hours, so that's a point for Paola. Oh! And then for the 100%, Paola's put nine hours. Alex has also put nine hours. So again, a point for both of you, the completionist time was eight hours. Damn. So Paula, her
2: like lead here. Shit.
0: <laughs> and now we come to the bonus question. So how many replays have been logged for this game? Paula yeah. says one five. Alex says 60. Uh, the actual number is 37. So I actually think by a single point difference paula edges that and gets two more points oh god because how many did paula say 15 so it's 22 from her time it's 23 from your time alex oh my god oh my god I <laughs> need to hear on how long to beat the game oh, oh. damn i'm never gonna
2: get a, get to choose a game <laughs> <laughs> oh, Looks like I, I, I mean at this point i think it's well, I actually, I don't know. I guess not, because it'll be Paula's turn next week. So it is actually possible for us to, to shoot ahead of her.
0: Um, I've got two left to play. If I have a good performance against yeah. you, it's not out I of think reach. If you, I think you're out of the running, Alex. Yeah, but I think yeah. I still have a fighting chance. Yeah.
2: Unless, I don't know, the only, the only chance is if I absolutely decimate next week. But even then, not
0: really. Cause no, because then your points out, you can only get just, five points. That would
2: just tie me with Paula, And then Paula would just have to get a point. Um, Against you, Which
0: is or probably. Wait.
2: Yeah, oh yeah, 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 yeah. Against you, yeah. Shit. Well, I lose. <laughs> <laughs> That's the spirit. <laughs> wah, wah, wah. Oh well. well um,
0: it, it's any one of our. Just, two Christ! Games. Not another Otome game. <laughs> oh gosh. It'll be off autumn August
2: by then. I don't have it in me. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe I do. Who knows? But
1: I was gonna recommend an actually good one this time.
0: Oh yeah, an actually good one this time. <laughs> Dude, had you chance to do that, pal, That was last year. <laughs> oh we'll man, we'll right. See. This this recording's gone on for bloody ever. Let's let's bring this yeah. round. We'll see you all next week, guys. Take it easy. Toodles.
1: Bye.